Chapel Hill Police Department's Crisis Unit has long been celebrated as an alternate way to respond to emergencies that may not need a law enforcement response. The co-responding program sends out social workers with officers for calls to see if their skills would be better for the incident, whether it's a mental health crisis, a runaway child, or simply treating victims of a crime. This month, the crisis unit surpassed a major milestone, 50 years of service within the local police department. 97.9 The Hills' Brighton McConnell has more on how the group celebrated its past, present, and its past and its present and all the achievements over the years. Oh, Isabel, come on up! (laughs) An event room in the Chapel Hill Public Library filled with greetings and conversations among former co-workers as they reunited last Thursday for the 50th anniversary party of the crisis unit. Current and former members of the initiative, as well as other Chapel Hill police representatives and family, swapped stories of working alongside each other and trying to provide positive outcomes for the community. Before long, the Chapel Hill Police Chief Salisa Lehew began the program, which featured several speakers honoring the crisis unit's history and ongoing work. It's an important moment not merely to reflect on our past, but to plan for the future and to recommit ourselves to the ideals we implemented 50 years ago. The powerful example of how community safety and community health can work together to improve our community we live in. As they respond to 911 calls with Chapel Hill police officers, members of the crisis unit determine on scene whether their social work skills are needed. In action, they try to provide safe environments to people experiencing crises in whatever form that may take and connect them to the necessary resources to divert them from unnecessarily entering the criminal justice system. When the program began in 1973, Chapel Hill Mayor Howard Lee was driven by resident feedback that police were responding often to domestic disputes in the town's black neighborhoods. Lee said he began working with Chapel Hill Police Chief Bill Blake to craft the plan of putting a social worker in the police department and having them handle domestic issues. Howard said despite the doubt that came from other local leaders and social work professionals at that time, the program took root and flourished based on the effort of those in the crisis unit. During the 50th anniversary party, Lee said he was, quote, flattered to speak about the program, but credited those who went on those thousands of calls as the ones who made it successful. You have influenced the thinking and actions of countless numbers of municipalities throughout America who today are embracing this concept. My friends in Raleigh ridiculed us when we first implemented this program, and some of my friends in Durham. They're coming on late, but they're coming in implementing the program. So thank you. One of the integral members of the crisis unit was Jim Hugrich. Having spent more than four decades as part of the team, Hugrich served as a mentor to dozens of people who worked as part of the initiative. He died in February 2022 after a battle with leukemia, and many attendees on Thursday said the celebration of the crisis unit didn't feel right without one of its formative figures. To honor Hugh Rich and his dedication to the effort, State Senator Greg Meyer, who himself is an alumnus of the crisis unit and worked under Jim, awarded the Hugh Rich family with the highest honor given in North Carolina, the Order of the Longleaf Pine. State of North Carolina with the state seal at the top, Roy Cooper Governor, reposing special confidence in the integrity, learning, and zeal 
of James E. Hugerich, posthumously, I do by these presents confer the order of the longleaf pine. To honor both its employees of the past and those of the present, Chief Lehu called up different cohorts of the crisis unit and gifted them a town challenge coin, specially designed for the 50th anniversary. Unit Supervisor Sarah Belcher offered praise and encouragement to her current team, saying they're always driving the program forward. Soon, the crisis unit will do that by scaling up its work. Beyond its co-response duties, Belcher said the unit is launching a pilot program with Orange County to have a freestanding trio of responders work in tandem with a call diversion program. The mobile response team will be a crisis counselor, peer support specialist, and a community EMT that will respond out to calls that don't necessarily need a law enforcement response. And the crisis counselor that's going into the 911 call center will triage those calls and try to help address some of the needs over the phone or get them connected to the mobile team, whatnot. So we're really excited about it. To see photos from the Chapel Hill Police Crisis Unit's 50th anniversary celebration, visit chapelboro.com. For 97.9 The Hill, I'm Brighton McConnell. Thank you, Brighton. Some more positive news now. The Dogwood Award is given out annually to people who make, uh, who work to improve community health, safety, and well-being. Three folks from Chapel Hill were recently given the award by State Attorney General Josh Stein. Kara Fox and Maria Teresa Mazda are doctoral students at UNC researching the impacts of social media on kids. Kimberly Jones is a teacher at Chapel Hill High. She recently won Statewide Teacher of the Year earlier this year. Congratulations to the three of them. Also in public health news, we got mixed COVID-19 data from state health officials ahead of the Thanksgiving holiday. Emergency room visits and hospitalizations are both up slightly. COVID particles found in wastewater ticked down for the third week in a row. Health officials urge folks to get their flu shots and latest COVID boosters, particularly as we get into the holiday season with increased large indoor gatherings. To Carborough now. Last week, the town council signed off on a resolution calling for a ceasefire in Gaza and urging U.S. officials to help facilitate humanitarian aid to de-escalate the violence that's already killed thousands of Israelis and Palestinians in the last two months. Usually symbolic resolutions pass unanimously, but this one passed narrowly by a vote of 4-3, to three, reflecting the differences of opinion we're seeing both locally and worldwide. Mayor Damon Siles was one of the four who voted yes. From my perspective, once the resolution made it onto the agenda, it was very important to me to support it, primarily because of my own sense of horror at the uh, murder of 1,400 Israeli citizens, as well as thousands of Palestinians who have been killed in Gaza. And I think it's important for us to be able to, to say something about that to our federal representatives. I don't want to attempt to speak for my other colleagues. I do recognize that it's unusual for a resolution of this kind to come to a council like ours in the first place, much less to be approved on a split vote. And I certainly want to appreciate that it was a difficult decision for all of us, recognizing that we are a small town commenting on a matter of foreign affairs. But at the end, at the end of the day, for myself, I felt I needed to support the resolution just because of my own commitment to ending violence and being against war in general. Carborough Mayor Damon Siles speaking there. You can listen to that full conversation and read the full text of last week's resolution, plus comments from other council members, by visiting our website, chapelboro.com. Time now to talk sports. 
And this should be fun as we get to start off that sports conversation by talking about the Tar Heels playing basketball in a tournament down in the Bahamas for the battle numeral four Atlantis. And uh, they got what was kind of touted as their toughest competition of the year so far against Northern Iowa. It looked pretty tough in the first half. Heels struggled at times. Northern Iowa shot pretty well. And Heels went into the locker room down six. And they busted out of the locker room with a vengeance and put the game away in a hurry in the second half. Some particular good news involved in that second half barrage. Cormac Ryan regaining his shooting form. Hit his first three-pointer since the season opener against Radford. That included splashing two in the span of a minute in the second half to help the Heels jump into the lead coming out of the break. And here's Dave Nathan's call of Ryan's third three of the afternoon. At 48-42 Carolina, up six, and Ryan another three. Heat check. Oh, let me tell you, he's hot. He's smoking. And Carolina on fire has its biggest lead, 51-42. Cormac Ryan with a game-high 11, and Northern Iowa has to take another timeout. Dave Nathan on that call there. Also looking good, Harrison Ingram. He ended up leading the heels in scoring with 16 and pulled down 10 rebounds to lead the team. I don't think you're going to see anyone not named Armando Baycott lead the team in rebounding very many times this year, so great job, Harrison Ingram. He also led the team in three-pointers. He had four of them. This is uh, the last one of those four. Ingram with the rebound down the near sideline to Ryan. Over the head pass to Ingram. Is he going to do it again? Oh, yes, he will. And a little bit of net on the way down. Hard to believe the Tar Heels down by as many as eight on a couple of occasions in the first half have stretched the lead out to 14 just seven minutes into the second half. I'll tell you what, if Harrison Ingram looks like that this year, it's going to be a fun season. Elliot Cadeau also looking good. Picked up a lot of points in garbage time, but still looked pretty fun doing it. He had 14. Heels will be back in action tomorrow at 2.30, and it looks like they are going to be facing Villanova, but that one's not over yet. Still 10 minutes left in that one, and the Wildcats leading Texas Tech 61-53 now. So Red Raiders making a little bit of a comeback. We'll keep an eye on that one, as that will be Carolina's opponent tomorrow. 2.30 tip for whoever wins that game. We'll have coverage starting at 1.30 here on 97.9 The Hill, your flagship station for Carolina sports. We've also got the Tar Heel women headed to tournament action. They're going to be playing in the Gulf Coast Showcase later this week in Florida. Eight teams are in the field, and it's pretty stacked. Number five, Iowa. Number 16, Kansas State. And, of course, Carolina as well. Carolina going into the tournament without highly touted freshmen Sierra Toomey and Layla Hall. Both have taken medical red shirts this season. Still, both players have been on the bench cheering on their teammates during games so far. Here's head coach Courtney Banghard on their perseverance. First of all, they, those two kids are really, really, really good people. There's just like they're adored uh, by our staff and by our players. Um, and the way they've been able to stay positive amongst their own personal setback is is really it's remarkable, right? I mean, look what's happened to, to um 
to Sierra, especially coming in and, you know, being excited about playing with people like Deja and P and, and, you know, knowing that she was a top five recruit nationally. And now she, her career is delayed a little bit. She has not had one moment of selfishness or sadness. She is just getting better. I mean, she's the last one. These guys are, she's almost the last one to leave every day because she's working on her left hand. I mean, she's taking left-handed threes now. I mean, the kid is totally um, committed to being great here. Um, and, and Layla as well. Layla's able to do more because she's not in a splint and all that. Um, and so we're already able to work on her game, you know. So, yeah, those two kids are they're total value adds. Um, but obviously as their coach and as these guys, as their teammates, you know, our plan was to have them on the court. And so that's just never easy to stomach that, right? But, but they're total winners and they're right where they belong. Courtney Banghart speaking there. Elsewhere in sports, congratulations to UNC senior diver Aranza Vasquez Montano. Just got named ACC Women's Diver of the Week for the third time this season after sweeping the springboard events at the Tennessee Invitational over the weekend. So cross-country star Parker Wolf was just named Southeast Region Athlete of the Year by U.S. Track and Field and Cross Country Association. Congratulations to him. Also Coach of the Year honors for UNC's Chris Miltenberg. Congratulations there. Also congrats to the UNC club ice hockey team. They beat NC State 5-3 on Monday to win the Governor's Cup. They play that one on the ice at PNC Arena. So it was a good time for those athletes, and congratulations. Go Heels.